0: This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media. Publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Harrison Painter.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another in our interview series with MarTech. Uh, I have across from me Harrison Painter again.
2: Hello everybody. Fantastic.
1: I love doing this with a partner on the it's so much easier. On Everything's a
2: better together, right it,
1: Everything is. that's true. And, uh, and we have the amazing Emmerich Air on the line, and we're actually Skyping in via video, so it's great to see. Uh, of course, he hasn't aged in 10 years. Uh, I think I'm old, gray. I must look like, I must look like just I'm 400 years old to you. What's your, what's your
0: secret, man? I, I, I'm lucky. <laughs> uh, my my father is the same. Uh, he, he had he started to have gray hair when he, he turned 64 or 65. My grandfather was the same as well, so you know, they we're just luckier. We have no gray hair until uh. we, we get past 60 and and yeah, I have to, my, my co-founder and CTO Ben, we looked at pictures of ourselves when we were in our 20s, when we first met, and now he has no hair, it's all gray, and I still have mine, and they're not, gray. it's all like, it's just luck, you're lucky. You're in- <laughs> I,
1: I know what it is, it's French food, that's exactly what it, it
0: is. It could be, so, yeah. Let's uh, say it's French. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and and Emmerich, you started uh, Agorapulse, and what year did you start Agorapulse?
0: Well, the, the, the current tool, the way it is today started in 2011, but the company that's behind the product that has pivoted more than you can imagine started in July of 2000. So it's been 17 years.
1: Wow. That's fantastic. And for everybody listening, if you haven't heard of Agorapulse, um, explain it in a nutshell to people.
0: Well, it's a social media management tool. So it helps people manage their, the engagement and, and their presence on social media and, uh. The thing that we're trying to achieve as much as we can is um, simplicity, uh, make the, the product simple to use, enjoyable to use. I know it's a very subjective thing, but think about all these pieces of software that when you log into them, you feel like, ah, I'm going to spend 10 minutes on that piece of software. I, I feel happy. I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my time with that. And the other pieces where you say, shit, I have to spend 10 minutes with that software. Yeah. I don't feel happy. <laughs> I just have to do it, but I don't like it. So. It's very subjective, and it's a, it's a very difficult thing to achieve. But making sure that when people use your software, they feel good about it, and they feel that they have achieved what they need to do in you know faster, more efficiently, and uh, it leaves them with the feeling that you you've been a plus in their journey, in their day. That's what we're trying to do with social media management and a lot of the other pieces. I'm not going to give any name. Are you know clunky, difficult to use, yeah. and difficult to difficult to learn? So we're trying to not do that.
1: When I think, uh, you're probably not doing yourself justice because we've, we've seen, um, there's probably a, you know, at least a dozen leaders in this industry, uh, for enterprise social media management tools. And then there's countless others out there. And I think what Pulse has done to, to really differentiate it, itself is that streamlined process, uh, management, um, it, in the for people listening if i was going to visualize it i would say it's as easy as checking your email and and that's what i think that you've really done well is that when you open up or agora pulse what you're basically looking at is a stream of activity and you can respond to that activity and it keeps track of you know you doing that and so for you know for a company i think the the great thing here is this is the way social media works. Social media is a stream. It's uh, you know it's uh, sometimes it's an onslaught of information, and if you're looking at a dashboard that you have to click into and query and filter and everything else, it's a it's a very it can get to be really cumbersome and a difficult process. Uh, but what Agora Pulse has really done is place all the tools there that you can you can do that nice easily and then utilize that. Um, you know that i think someone told me you know the inbox is like space invaders you know and and uh, you know but but it's that you you continue to get this stream that you have to take care of and so for a company that needs to respond react you know uh and then measure you know their social media process my inbox. oh yeah oh 9, 928 unread messages 928 unread
2: messages <laughs> i'm a little behind today
1: that's terrible, but um, but for the enterprise, you know that would be a manageable thing and and uh, would that be an accurate
0: you know yeah, it's discussion? it's a, it's a good description of the inbox uh, of the inbox feature. Um, but obviously social media management is a very it's a comprehensive world where you need to publish, you need to report, you need to identify your your fans and followers and to qualify them and to you know build meaningful relationship with the mo- the ones that are that are meaningful, right? And they're not all meaningful. Um, so a tool can help you identify those who are meaningful and, 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 and leverage those relationship, um, comparing yourself with a competition. Uh, you know, we also have a, we even have a contest and promotions on Facebook. So I guess a very comprehensive set yeah. of tools. Um, but for each set of tools, we're always having that simplicity in mind. So we, we want to offer them all the flexibility that they need and all the options that they need. Like take the inbox, for example, you have people who need you know, canned responses or said replies that they can use over and over because they're always replying the same thing. Yes, your order will be shipped in a week and you know they're always using right. that same response. So offering those kind of advanced features is necessary because you cannot just be simple you also have to be comprehensive you also have to offer them the features they need but even though we're adding more and more flexibility and complexity into the the breadth of of features that we're offering we always keep that simplicity of access in mind we really want the thing to feel simple to feel obvious to feel easy to find and to feel easy to use um, it's easy to build a com- complex and clunky tool. It's difficult to build a complex and simple tool. So that's that's right. the right That's the vision. that's the thing. We want to be the best at that. And obviously it takes time. Um, we're not there yet. We're not where we would like to be yet, but we're working hard on it.
1: Well, yeah, again, you're not giving yourself enough credit because <laughs> you're 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 experiencing some significant growth with your platform. Um, I saw the news; that's why I reached out. You know, is is that? Um, and and for everybody listening, how how much have you grown now?
0: Well, to give you the numbers, we started in 2011 at zero. Uh, we reached. 50,000 euros, so that's probably $55,000 of uh, monthly recurring revenue in uh, 2014. So, like, that's three years, right? Yeah. Which is not very promising. Uh, In Silicon Valley standards, Um, but then we double that from 2015 to from 2014 to 2015 from 50k to 100k. uh, And we increase that from 100 to to 245k. So like a 145% increase in 2016. So it took us three years to move from zero to 50K, then a year to double that, and then a year to 145% that, which which is great. So we've had a great year in 2016. We've been profitable since the end of 2015, meaning that we've made a profit each and every month of 2016. And we're looking at doubling again this year. So we're looking at 500K at the end of 2017, which will be a challenge, but we're working hard on it <laughs> well we'll work well well
1: with all our listeners signing up we'll we'll get there right there you go <laughs> <laughs> it no,
0: will all be very welcome
1: no I, and and i and i mean this you know uh, i told you that i get the emails from Agora and and i always think oh i gotta reach out to Emmerich, i gotta reach out and i and i haven't reached out and it was this news you know that popped that up but I, for people listening, it's always you have always taken a very patient approach, and uh, to to get this right. I remember even at the beginning, you. I, I think you. It was at Social Media Marketing World. I think we met. Um, 2012. Yes. Yeah, 2012, and and you called me over, and it was nothing about you know. It was more, hey, we'd like you to give our tool a try, and and I'd love to get your feedback, you know, after you see it. And I was really kind of taken aback. It wasn't this huge sales push or anything else. Your your intent then was to try to get feedback to make sure that the tool you were moving in the right direction. And I was I was impressed then as I am now. And it's not a surprise to me how how much you're growing um, because you've always taken that that approach
0: yeah well, first of all we were we were forced to take a slow approach because we've never raised any money. Uh, so when you don't have millions of dollars in the bank, um, you gotta be step you gotta go step by step, right And yeah. you gotta get the step right. If you get the step wrong, you die. So like it's like right. a matter of life and death. Uh, that's number one uh, and we can talk more about why we didn't raise money and, and if it was all uh, a choice or not. <laughs> it yeah. was not always yeah. a choice. On the asking for customer feedback, I think, you know, most people who are building products in this world today know how important customer feedback is and how important it is to spend a good chunk of your time, especially as a founder, to talk to customers and talk to as many customers as possible. And even if you don't have the time as a founder, which becomes my case now because I have less and less time to talk to customers, is to have an, build an internal feedback loop with your team and your customers so you're are always in listening mode. You're always in making sure that you don't let a gap create itself between what you think your customer needs and what your customer actually needs. So it's, it's, it's always been an obsession of mine. And I push that to my team and say, well, I can't do that anymore, but it should be an obsession, an obsession of yours now. So, and this is how it works.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what is, I'm curious about that pressure. So not being funded, um, you know, it, and and growing organically like that you don't have a sales. do you have a sales team
0: no we don't we have an inside salesperson okay uh who basically does demos for people who come to the website and say hey i'd like to give it a try but give me a demo or i have a big account or I have a lot of social profile yeah. i have a large team so those people qualify for a demo because their lifetime value as you would say in my world is going to be high enough to spend time with them and really take them by the hand and 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 show them the tool and, and and spend the time. For most others, who are in the you know 49 a month or 99 a month, a demo is not really requ- required, and would be hard to sustain at scale. Um, and and quite frankly, most of them don't even want to talk to us. They just want to give it a try on their own, see right. if it works, see if they like it, and then put their credit card and subscribe. Which which can be frustrated because we'd love to talk to a lot more customers, but it's it's hard. We have a very hard time. We probably. Are able to talk to 15 to 20 percent of them max, yeah. meaning that at least 80 percent of our customers never talk to us and are not willing to talk to us, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me sad, but it's a reality of the self-service business.
1: I well, I would be having worked in the software business, I know a lot of people that felt just the opposite. They loved it when their customers weren't talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> So that might be a blessing and a curse at the same time. (laughs) And, and I, so, so that, that kind of paints a picture because I worked for software as a service companies that had a ton of investment money and a lot of that investment money was immediately turned into aggressive sales and to go after those huge enterprise accounts and then going after those enterprise accounts, definitely twisted the the user interface and the customer experience in the direction of wherever the money velocity was coming from. And can you kind of talk through it's fascinating to me that growing organically like that, you weren't faced with those, you know, those decisions and, and maybe talk about, you know, the success of not taking money or, you know, when you were looking for money, why and why it wasn't there.
0: So that alone could be the topic of an entire podcast of three hours. So I'm gonna to try to <laughs> give the nuggets. I've learned you work for an enterprise software, so we're not in the enterprise world. We're not targeting the enterprise. If you are targeting the enterprise, raising money is always a necessity because sales are you know, sales teams are so expensive. I mean good sales people are so expensive. And they're usually in the big cities, New York, San Francisco, and like you know, like any guy who is doing a good job is gonna be paid 120k a year minimum yeah. starting starting salary so you can't bootstrap that it's too much money um most company were bootstrapped are usually bootstrapped in the cell service the mid-market you know small and medium most mostly medium because small is is, is almost like consumers you you, you you have to have a massive business like dropbox to make it work so we're not in the enterprise world. In the enterprise, we would have probably had to raise money, like the sprinklers and the the buddy media and all the, the equivalent enterprise solutions. In the self-service, it, people there are some people who raise money and some people who don't, who don't. Um, and it it's not always a sign of success, one way or the other one thing's for sure it's longer and harder when you don't have money in the bank because you have a lot less margin you know lots a lot less room for mistake or for trying things so you can try less things or you have to be much better at trying the right things yeah (laughs) uh but having more money can also be a curse because i'm not going to give any name but i did talk to a couple of founders who've raised. You know, more than $10 million um, in in SMB self-service. And some of them told me I've wasted most of that money because Mm -hmm. I was not sure what to do with it. And most of the stuff I've done with it was a waste. And I, I, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have the money in the bank. But because I had the money in the bank and I had the investors pushing for me to spend that money... I had to spend it and I made mistakes. So one that even told me, you know, my advice now, if you have money in the bank and you're not sure what to do with it, keep it, you know, keep putting putting on the money market or whatever, but don't spend it. Yeah. And I have to say that it's been a blessing for us because you have to be very, very highly driven when you don't have a lot of cash. Every penny counts. Every everything you're going to try is life or death so you're you're considering why you're spending money on something 10 times like do i really want to do this do i really want to hire that person is this really going to change my business is this really going to be necessary is this really going to move the needle so everything so it's hard because it it prevents you from having good nights of sleep uh, for years but at least every time you move on and you get to the next expense and you have that additional person to the team you're like 95% sure this is be, this will be a, mo- a needle mover and that that's a good thing because i think when you have a lot of money you you have a tendency of making a lot more expensive mistakes and that money you've raised that cost you a good chunk of your capital is not always used efficiently so the, the negative side it will take longer you will have less room to try try stuff and 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 you will pay let you, you will pay yourself less. I got my I paid myself minimum wage for three years, so I know what it feels. Right. Uh, with VC money, obviously, I could have paid myself better. Um, but that's that's the good part. But the bad part with with the money is um, uh, knowing what to spend your money on. And you'd be amazed if you. Probably not something you will get on a podcast, asking founders, you know, do you think you've made mistakes spending your VC money? They'll probably won't admit that too too often. But if you ask them at a bar, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at a casual conversation, I'm pretty darn sure 90% of them will tell you, well, yeah, we didn't really spend 100% of that wisely. I, I would have done it differently. So when you don't have it, you have no choice. It would have to be spent wisely because the, the the very little money you have, you can't waste it. It would, it would be such a shame so that you, you don't you just don't do it.
2: Right. I thought all of us startup founders were rich yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that what yeah. everybody thinks though? that right? is and, what everybody and, and thinks because yeah. you're a ceo and founder we're yeah. just like money's just falling from the trees yeah
1: and, and you, and you would have made minimum wage had you been working 40 hours a week
0: <laughs> uh yeah. yeah i was probably working 70 at the yeah, time Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's a, i have a funny story of me getting a ticket uh and going to the court to fight the ticket in france and um uh, they ask you to bring your tax return so i brought my tax return and i she asked, the judge asked me, so, Mr. Ernu, um, uh, you're a um, company manager, right? Yeah, I said, I came with my tax return. I said, why do you take your tax, you bring, you bring your tax return here? I said, well, because you asked for it. Yeah, but it's only for people in need. And I said, well, look at my tax <laughs> return. And they said, well, you're, you're a company manager, you're, you're a company owner. You don't need a tax return. I say, well, look at my tax return. I said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe not all company owners are rich. And I said, yes, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. I was amazed that, that, no, it's not true. You know, most founders are making the biggest effort in their company. They're not rich, for sure. Yeah. I was not. <laughs> I still, I'm still not. Yeah, I well, angry, I, I, I'm still not.
1: I, tell, I tell people often the, the worst year that we had, I brought home $22,000 that year. I mean, yeah. that that's, I was, I was, if I had a couple of years, I would have
2: loved to have <laughs> made that money. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, but, but it's true. You, you, and then when you have a good year, it makes up for it, but that's the risk and reward of, you know, company ownership. So it's nobody, nobody ever complains about it, but it it definitely is this misnomer that every entrepreneur walking around has a bucket of gold in their, in their closet, you know, or, or just VCs that you could call up, right? You're right in San Francisco. So we know all your friends are just ready to throw money at you. Right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. So, so you can't just drive to Sand Hill Road and knock on the door and,
0: and knock on door? Have a and check millions. <laughs> I, I didn't try that. I sh- I think it should. Yeah. I think it's a good
1: advice. <laughs> well, that's and that's an interesting thing too because I think uh pulse has to be fairly rare. In that you're a San Francisco-based startup as well, so you're you're in the middle you know, of all of these companies that there's a giant sucking sound for talent, you
0: know, in that area. Right. Yeah. To, to be perfectly honest, we're, we're based in seven different countries. Okay. San Francisco is one of our base, but yep. we also have people in uh, Mexico, in Paris, France, and in, in Boston. And so like, we're, uh, we're semi remote. Okay. Virtual. Meaning yeah. that we have a couple of offices where we have a couple of people, the bigger one has 10 people. Uh, but we we have people all over the place. We're not a typical San Francisco-based uh, company, and we've never been. Uh, but even, you know, even if you're a San Francisco-based company, but you're not doing something that excites VC uh, funds, venture funds, you're not going to get money. It's um, it's not you know it's it's the location will not do anything um, yeah. to you. The 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 fact that you're operating in an, in an environment that excites them will like. At some point, it was big data. Ten years ago, it was social media. Right now, I think it's AI yep. and uh, robotics and, right. and IoT and that kind of stuff. So that you know, if you're not in that wave and you get too late to the wave, um, you're not you're not going to be exciting for them.
1: Interesting. And let's let let's start talking about that. So in in the you know in the five six years that Agora Pulse has been doing this, what what kind of changes have you seen? in social media behavior, both from a corporate side and a consumer side, you know, that you've had to make adjustments for?
0: Well, it's definitely maturing, and it's definitely very different now than it was five years ago. Um, Five years ago, it was crazy. Uh, The only thing that people wanted was totally vanity metrics, you know, more fans, more followers. So what was hot in 2011 when we launched was contests and promotions to get more fans and followers. Which, which when you look at it right now in 2017, we, what we know is like, oh, my God, how, 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 could we, how could we have we let that go the way it went? Because it was totally crazy. Right. All the fans and followers people got at the time were worthless and, and, and basically are now hurting the brands. But that's that's what it was. And I don't think. The maturity level is good enough yet. I think there is still a lot of work to do, um, and tools can help with that. Um, but at least the 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 immaturity of the getting more fans and followers is is gone, yeah. and, and thank God, thank God, the platforms killed it. Facebook killed it. You know, there was a time where you you had you you had the ability to ask people to like your page before they could enter into a contest in your right. Facebook page. That's gone, so they can't do that anymore. And that market has died. It was a big market, 2011, 2012, until 2013, when Facebook turned that off. Uh, the, the what I'm seeing now is, with the maturity growing, people are trying to see go for the more quality and not quantity into the way they manage social media. So they try to have more information about the fans and followers. They try to. Better identify the ones that are relevant, the ones that are not. What can they do with the relevant ones? How can they connect that with their own CRM? How can they connect that out of the social silo and put that into the business silos of data that they have and try to make sense out of it? Um, that's what I see. That's that's the the vision of the future I have is at some point, social media will, will be able to be connected to everything else they do, and it will start making more sense because yeah. it will be connected with lead gen, lead nurturing, CRM, customer relation, and, and, and all that. Right now, it's kind of a pity that it's all these things are siloed and you can't really see the value because you don't see the value because you can't connect them. So you can see the whole customer journey or prospect right. journey uh, through all these channels. So now it's, what, what works for us is that a lot of brands have a lot of activity on their accounts and they have to, to cope with that. They have to deal with that. And it's, it's it's a pain in the neck. And tools help them deal with something that exists. My hope for the future is that tools will not only help you do something that you have to do, but they will also help you see more value in that something you have to do.
2: Right. To. Oh, I love that. So how do you feel or, or what do you think the future is when it comes to platforms like well, a lot of younger folks are using chat apps still, right? Yeah. Or Snapchat where, you know, it's there, then it's not in 24 hours or whatever. Uh, and and this, this is things we didn't deal with in 2011, right? Once you put it out there, it was always out there. So uh, how do you see the evolution of that playing out?
0: Um, well, I'm pretty bad with crystal balls, uh, especially when it comes to usage of social media and other social platform. I don't use Snapchat. I, I, I told a friend this morning, um, an American friend, Andrea Val, had a coffee. She was in Paris. I told her, you know, there, there are weeks now that I don't even check Facebook anymore because I'm overwhelmed. That I want, I want my life back. So right. I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> but,
1: but isn't that – that, I think that might be a direction that we're heading to, though. I think you less know, is more yeah, right? that, that, you know, my daughter is the same way that she's not on Facebook every day. She's, she's on Facebook once a week or whatever. She's probably on Snapchat and Instagram quite a bit more, but it, it is interesting that people, you know, I did it. I took the app off my phone for a long time. I want to break from it. Was it
0: like it's... a week. It was like a week, man. <laughs> it was like three we weeks. Have limited bandwidth. Yeah, right. We all have limited bandwidth, and there are times in our lives when we have more time, like vacation, for example. When I'm when I'm on vacation, I post a lot on Facebook because I have time, man, right? Or, or Instagram. But when I in my everyday life, you know, I do less of less less and less of it because. I want to spend time with my kids and my wife. And, and trust me, when I'm on Facebook, instead of talking to her, she she, she tells me, yeah. <laughs> rightfully so. And that limited bandwidth will make the the emergence of new social media platforms difficult because they will have to be very, very, very appealing to eat some more of our bandwidth or take some, some of that bandwidth we used to give to Facebook or Twitter or something yeah. else. So, like, there is no... It's not an infinite space. You know, where our time is limited and the time they can take from, from us is is as limited as what we want to give them. And we can't give them more than what, what we're already given. And we're probably already giving giving them too much And I wonder, time.
1: you know, and I wonder if that's why, you know, Facebook is going after video so hard. And, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I don't doubt that it'll be Netflix-like eventually that you can go visit channels on Facebook and watch video is they're trying to keep up with that, trying to get user engagement up. One At never the same wants time, we
0: shouldn't lose sight of the fact that we are a subset of the population. No. Uh, we are professionals. right? We, you know, you and I own businesses. We're busy. We do a lot of meaningful things. It's not the case for a lot of people. So a lot of people have a lot of time. And for them, you know, creating video on YouTube and and sharing photos on Instagram and for the young younger generation snapping on Snapchat is, you know, makes them feel good and happy. And it's not, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's just that we are a specific subset of the population. So I try not to apply my habit and my way of looking at things to everybody because it's obviously untrue. Um, So when it, you know, as a toolmaker, I follow these platforms. um, But... I'm not interested in these platforms as long as they don't have an API. So you mentioned Snapchat, no yeah. API for me. It's no interest. It's not interesting. I can't do anything with Snapchat. Uh, Instagram has an API, but it's very poor. So right. I do the bare minimum. Uh, Facebook has an incredible API. Twitter has a good API, even though half of it is is pay, you have to pay for it now, which which yeah. changes things quite a bit. So, and we look at everything that's emerging and that hasn't good API, and they say, "Well, what can we do here to help people? just by 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 including that uh, that new channel into our platform. So we survey our people, say, do you use, do you want us to include Facebook groups? Do you want to include vContact, the Russian Facebook?" Uh, I heard from one that's that's Asian, uh, Lime or line or Lime, something like that. It's like a WhatsApp, very, very strong in Asia. And we had a couple of people asking for it because we have a lot of clients in Asia. So we look at them and we say, OK, is the demand big enough? Is bringing that into the platform going, going to open up new market for us, going to help them uh, manage their incoming flow of conversations better? So that's. I have a very pragmatic approach to that. I, I try to gauge the demand and see what kind of an impact it can have on my business. But how people are going to use social media in the future? Oh, I, I you know, I'd be, I'd be foolish to tell you I have no idea.
1: One <laughs> well, and, and, and I I honestly believe that, you know, if these applications like even you were talking about the the difficulties of like Instagram or or the non, you know, connectivity of a Snapchat is I I think that they're really heading they're going to head into trouble if they if you can't get businesses on board you can't get commerce on board and snapchat just doesn't make sense for a company to be spending time on without being able to show you know a return on investment and thinking that you know you'll get all of your social media folks on an enterprise snapchat you know application to just work with snapchat when we have 20 more platforms out there that we've also got to handle is I, I think ignorant as well that, that you have to open this up to tools to help marketers manage those conversations that tools are the only thing that we have that really are that gateway for efficiency, you know, to, to then make an investment in Facebook advertising and make an investment into, into these tools. So I, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think we're on the same boat. I, I don't use a crystal ball as well. I always I always look to other people for the, you know, the forecast. But this definitely what I see is this flattening out of usage across all of these different platforms and I and I, I as a business go, I I can't spend my time there. I have to spend time where I know that there's a return on investment. So mm-hmm. Am I going to give up some audience? Am I going to give up some opportunity? Yes, I absolutely am, because it's not efficient for me to build that into my cycles. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. too hard to be it's,
0: everywhere it's, all the yeah. time, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's horrible to be everywhere all the time. It's it's no life. <laughs> no, but, but right. it's we an ex- need a life.
1: But it's an expectation of consumers, right? That if yeah. if your business shows up on Snapchat, mm. you better be accessible you know so i would rather not be there than to be there and not respond
0: absolutely I can't, I can't i can't agree more with that yeah totally
2: well and i look snapchat their their user base is is not growing the way right. it was right? right instagram has kind of put a dent in that i think these stories are changing things the way we're doing things i think that is a bit of the future yeah right we're definitely getting more video centric Facebook Live is is growing at a pretty high clip. We're actually gonna be using more Facebook Live right here in, in the studio, so um, video is a huge part of that future.
1: Yeah, definitely, I agree with that as well.
0: It is, um, which is a challenge for most people because it's more difficult to, to do video than, than text or, or images. Yeah, I, uh, but I think it's good because it creates a barrier to entry. Not everybody is ready to go on video. No, every, not everybody is ready to invest in in trying to make it work. And and it is a challenge and an investment. Yeah, uh, like podcasting. Uh, but I, I like those new way of um, you know distributing your your story because uh, there are less people. It, it's less crowded and it gives you a chance to stand out. So I think it's a it's it's an opportunity for those who are ready to try and and and. Um, who have the 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 ability to take the time to learn it
1: yeah well and it definitely you know hearing your voice and hearing your reaction uh, you know just emotionally there's a connection there when people are on a podcast, emotionally, when you see someone's faces, face and the, you know, and them laughing or whatever on, on video, you know, that's there that you don't necessarily get from text.
2: Well, and more respect, right? I mean, yeah. you can see from the political conversations on Facebook how vile things get, yeah, at times, right? But it's it's much more difficult to be that way when you're physically looking, seeing, touching, all those different things. So right, I right. I'm a big fan of video.
0: Totally, I totally agree on that. Like yeah. that, it's 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 much harder to be mean at people when you can actually see and touch them and hear them. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I I love podcasting, but I commute a lot, so it it. It makes podcasting a very easy-to-consume uh, media for me. Yeah. And I, I there are a couple of uh, brands that I recommend the product regularly, even though I've never used them, but I listen to their podcast and I love them. So I say, oh, you should check that tool. I don't even use the tool, yeah. but the, part, the podcast is so good that <laughs> yeah. I trust them just based on that. So it's, it's an interesting experience.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. Now, I'm going to take a left turn here a little bit. Um, you had talked about with Agora Pulse about like CRM integration and, and starting to trying to feed that data and get that 360 degree loop back. And I, I, I absolutely think that that's a, an es- essential, you know, we've, we've been working with one of our customers and growing them like crazy and stuff. And after, after two years of strategy, we still don't have, really clear insight into how building engagement in the community is driving actual conversions. And there's a, there's still a gap there that, you know, we fight about internally, you there know, uh, and, uh and so I think these tools are really going to be helpful from that aspect. I am curious. We had made mention just for a glimpse there of, you know, artificial intelligence. And I know that um, uh, one of the areas that we're starting to see a lot of, uh, increased demand, is, or not increased demand, but increased uh, usage is like on chatbots. You know, the, the automated response systems or, you know, that I can ask someone a question and it's going to say, oh, well, here's the link to that page. And and literally it's a system that's responding to me, not a human being. Do you see that playing a role in social media as well? That eventually, you know, that that people could be, responding on social media through artificial intelligence.
0: I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I love that answer. <laughs> yeah, I think there's too much, um, there's too much, uh, excitement around AI and chatbots, I'm not saying they're meaningless or right. not useful. They are, uh, to some extent for a certain type of, I mean, Let's let's take an easy example. You 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 have iPhones, right? I, so I I yeah. I heard I heard an iPhone ringing <laughs> earlier on. We cut that so out. So you have Siri on your iPhone, right? And or you have Google Google um uh, Google voice on your on your yeah. Android phone. I have both and they both work quite well. Um, how often a week per week do you use Siri? Which right. is a great technology, AI, super smart. How often how often do you use it every week?
1: I, I'm maybe once maybe.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a breakthrough. Like Google Voice is incredibly smart, right? Yeah. It's really breakthrough technology. And it can do a lot of different things. But the problem is... We don't exactly know what kind of things it can do, and when we think it could do one thing, we try and it doesn't, and yes. we're disappointed, so we don't get back to it. Right. And AI—that's what AI is. AI is is something that if it's only doing ten percent of what you would like it to do, you will never get satisfied because you will you will have ninety percent chances to try AI and be disappointed with it. And right now, those chatbots—I mean, frankly, try them. Yeah. It's it's very hard to make them work, and and most of most often than not, you're just doing shit with them you're right. just just spamming people and giving stupid answers to them because they are not configured right so my take on managing social they, they will do stuff right i'm not don't make me wrong they will you know make yeah they thing on shopify right. and right. those kind of very automated simple transactions but when it comes to handling someone who comes to your facebook page or twitter account and complain about a bug or or say how do you how, how different are you from your competitor xyz or or do you plan to add that feature anytime soon? If you you can't. You have no choice. A bot cannot do that. You have right. to do that in a human way. Especially if they're complaining because if they complain and you have a bot, oh my god, you know, throwing yeah. something at them that feels and sounds like a bot. Trust me, you have a war ahead of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the the human element is that. At the core of social media, it is hard. It is time-consuming. It doesn't scale very well. But you know what? In the end, that's what makes business human. That what makes people like your business because they can relate to it. That what makes people, I prefer that business because they talk to me rather right. than this business who never get back to me or gives me butt responses. And I... It's an act of faith, but there is ROI, ROI in in talking to people in a human way, but it's an act of faith. So right now it's difficult. That's why we're trying also to work on how can a social media management tool show you some of that value, which is a lot of R&D and a lot of work to be done. Not done yet, but um, I'm very excited about trying to get some of it. Not all of it. It's it's maybe too challenging for us right now, but if we could show some of that value of being a human being and and treating customers and prospects in a human way that they appreciate and they can relate to if you can show that value then you've win you've won a big battle so I, I,
1: i think you're right and i think the other the other uh problem is that marketers tend to think short term and they say well you know we've used Facebook for the last three months and we haven't seen an uptick. Well, mm. well, that's a, you know, using a, a window and, and, you know, uh, basically not allowing it to be part of your total customer experience on an ongoing basis that really changes the culture of your brand is a mistake. You know, you can't say I, I did Facebook once and it didn't work. That's not how I sent a
2: tweet out and nobody responded.
1: What happened? Yeah. That's not how it works. And I, and that's the other, you know, we're always talking to people about trends, you know, that we'll watch the trend, watch, Mm. you know, watch what happens with the trend. And, and I think the, the data will eventually evolve that over time, you'll see that the trend is, you know, these companies that are continuously improving their social media, you know, engagement are going to have far better customer experience, far better retention, far better acquisition, you know, strategies than ones that don't.
0: For me it's pretty easy. You said it. Marketers want short-term results and it's most of the time it's wrong because you 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 have very little short-term result in this life. Absolutely. Uh, in this day and age, short-term is hard to get, right? Yeah. Uh, The one thing I've invested the most in that goes against every uh, short-term thing that people can advise you to do is is to invest on our brand. And investing on your brand is the most long-term thing you can do, the hardest thing to measure. It's almost impossible to measure anything when you're building your brand. But when you think about it, building your brand is giving that impression to prospects and clients that they can trust you, that they can they can trust your future if your product is not perfect today they they can they know that you're going to make it better you're going to improve it you're going to go the direction they want you to go and so on and so forth and all that is your brand and how they relate to you and the more you can strengthen that relationship the better your business will be but it takes 2 years 3 years 4 years 5 years and social media is just an element of that it's right. how you engage with people how you respond to them how you how you show you care I I respond to pe- I, I used to respond to people on Twitter on the company Twitter account for months and months m- myself signing my name and being very you know trying to be as close as possible and as understanding as possible when they had issue and trying to solve their issues as fast as possible and when people realized it was me they were like oh my god you're the CEO I, I can't believe it I say yes that's who we are we we want to be close to you and I'd rather be talking to you than doing something that is not helping my customers, um, which may sound more CEO-like, but it's not helping my customers. So, I invest my time here. And this is, you cannot measure the impact of this. There's no measurement for this. But I know one after one after the other, there is a long-term impact of more and more and more people who just trust you and trust your business and, and the people behind the business. And social media is an element of that. So, it's... Yes, if you try Facebook for a month, it won't work for you for sure. But first of all, there are many different things you can try on Facebook or Twitter or anything else. And it's a constant iteration process and testing process. We keep testing things all the time and and 80% or 90% of them don't work. And that's fine because for the 10% who work, we get, we get what we want to get and then we keep iterating and testing other stuff. But um, it's, it's, you know, social media is a place where people talk to people, yeah. <laughs> where people um, discuss about things. And sometimes it's about business things. And sometimes it's about your business. And, and if you do that, right, one after the other, you build that level of tr- that layer of trust one after the other, but it, and, and, yeah, it doesn't and, scale and it's not short term.
1: And ultimately trust is the, you know, the roadblock to purchasing online.
0: And Ultimately. the strongest asset you can have for yourself if yeah. you've been able to build it.
1: Absolutely. Well, uh, what's next for Gower Pulse? What's, what's coming around the corner?
0: Well, we have a big, big new, great, better version coming up in June. I've <laughs> been working on this one. So you've been in software, you know what yeah. it is your cto tells you it will be released in march and then <laughs> march comes along and well we pushed it to april and then so, i decide this they said march uh three months ago and i said no it's going to be june because i don't want to be disappointed every yeah. month until the end of june <laughs> yeah. so yeah we have a big new version coming up uh, there's you know there are, are a lot of improvements there we have you know we have we're, we're going to have youtube added to the platform oh fantastic uh, And we're going to have, you know, later on, later on in the summertime, uh, we're going to have Facebook groups. Uh, We're also looking at Pinterest. So adding more social networks into the mix, but also adding more features in each of the feature set, you know, making publishing easier, the ability to recycle evergreen content and republish content with much more flexibility, the ability to have a wig. Uh, view of how your content is going to look like on each social network, being able to customize it per social network. So if nice. you want your Facebook post to look like a tweet, you you can already do it with the current version, but it's not as user friendly as, as as we'd wish. So all that stuff is going to be much much m- going to be much improved. And um, also we're gonna st- we're gonna start working on that CRM approach. So it's already it's a baby step. It's just the first step for each and every message that you'll you'll respond to. Will display the profile of the person who sent that message on the right with all their past conversations, so at least you can have some context. Ah, oh, nice. And, and the next step will be to to start linking profiles between Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see, oh, that person who you're responding to for that comment on Facebook is also following you on Twitter. So we're gonna. It's a first step towards a better integration first inside the social media ecosystem to be able to link the profiles together and say, oh, that that Douglas car is the same Duke car. here it's at Duke car on Twitter and yeah. this Instagram as well and being able to have a more holistic view of people on social media and then the next step to con- it will be to connect that to your CRM and your other uh, business assets email marketing your MailChimp or Constant Contact or you know other database of people where you have information about your prospects or clients so
1: ah that's fantastic Step and up. and uh and for people uh listening of course uh emrick you you have your own social media following as well as your company so if you want to okay. share those
0: well mine is uh, on twitter is at eer N-O-U-L-T at E-E-R-N-O-U-L-T and I respond to all my tweets not necessarily the same day but I always respond because I have a tool for this. (laughs) Which is mine. Um, I obviously can be found on LinkedIn um, or people can reach me at Emric at agorapools.com E-N-E-R-I-C and I'm always happy to help people and respond to my emails. And uh, the company Twitter account to whom my team responds much more um, you know, in a much more responsive manner, is at Agora Pulse A G O R A P U L L C.
1: Fantastic, and and of course they can sign up for Agora Pulse at the site uh, AgoraPulse dot com. Yep. And I and I would really recommend that even if you even if you already have a social media platform that you're utilizing, uh, I would really recommend that you check out Agora Pulse just because it's dynamically different in its approach. You know to to the, the process of managing well, social this. media if
0: you're if you're using another tool and you sign up for us and you tell me if what you like and don't like about it compared to your other tool i'll give you six months for free
1: how's that how's that listeners love it <laughs> love it that's fantastic so and and uh so agorapulse.com again it's a-g-o-r-a-p-u-l-s-e.com and, uh, and you can start your free trial. There's a big red button. You can't miss it. So um, Emmerich Yernot, uh, I can't thank you enough. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not going to see you at Social Media Marketing World this year. But I'm sure our paths will cross again, too. I've always I've always enjoyed our conversations.
0: Thank you very much, Doug. Thank you very much for having me on that podcast today. It was, uh, was a great pleasure.
1: Absolutely.
2: The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New
1: Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe
0: at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.